You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is, of course, Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado for episode 398 of this podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 25th. 2022. And we're going to do something a little bit different in this episode. And uh, bear with me, especially if you have been listening for a while. Uh, If you haven't been listening for a while, maybe that's all for the best, depending on uh, what we should make of some of the recent content or even 400 episodes nearly worth of content. That is going to be uh, more or less the topic today, but uh, just real briefly, I want to talk about why I want to talk about this specifically. So yesterday and the day before, our sweet, dear friends, uh, Luke and Kate Bergman, very generously, very, very kindly offered to watch our kids while Lauren and I got away to the mountains. And we took Andrew. Andrew is still uh, very young, four months old. And so he needed mama and needed us. Uh, So he went with us. He did great, really, really well. Traveled very well, was very calm, was very uh, easy. You know, obviously he's a baby. And so when he needed a diaper change, he let us know. And when he was hungry, he let us know. And when he was overtired or just didn't want to sit in the car seat anymore, he let us know that too. Uh, But he was uh, a very good traveling companion, and it was great to have him along. But Lauren and I definitely had uh, a good time, a really good time getting away and being able to do a little bit of an inventory and take a rest and take some time to ourselves and have conversation. And, of course, we talked about family and about our kids and about marriage and about life and about things coming up and things recently passed and what's going on now and all that. But one of the things that we did uh, on the drive to Idaho Springs, which is about an hour and a half from where we live, uh, and also on the drive back, and then also as we were exploring the mountains in that area and visiting Boulder and Lookout Mountain, uh, which is above Golden, Colorado, looks down on Golden, Colorado. Uh, you know, while we were driving around, we got Lauren caught up on my podcast. Now she, as a supportive wife, uh, she endeavors to help me with the podcasting thing, giving me feedback, listening, uh, letting me know what she thinks. If she thinks that the content is making sense or if it's not my best work or if there's room for improvement or if it's really good. Uh, she lets me know all of the above and we have conversation about it. And she is a integral part of my process improvement where that's concerned. But here lately, I think because of the busyness of life and also because my episodes got longer, she had fallen behind and she was you know, about three weeks behind actually uh, where my most recent episodes had uh, been recorded or when they had been recorded rather where on the calendar, I guess you could say. 
So she helped uh, me out a great deal in getting caught up and giving me feedback and talking with me and uh, poor sweet woman that she is. She probably was exhausted. In fact, I know that she was exhausted by the process. Uh, but she, you know, insisted, no, was, you know, I don't mind. I'm glad to be caught up and that feels good. And, uh, you know, she was happy to talk with me and to be exhausted by me. And so uh, I love her for it. But uh, also, too, you know, I noticed some things because you know, here's the deal. Uh, very often <clears throat> what I have as a process is recording a podcast in the morning. Uh, ideally, this one I'm recording in the afternoon. It's uh, 4.15 right now in the afternoon. And very often I record in the mornings. And then if I need to jump into some other business of the day, uh, you know, errands or work or what have you, uh, I'll just re-listen to uh, my episode that I've published in the morning uh, later in the afternoon. You know, maybe mid-morning depending on the circumstances, but at least by the afternoon or the evening, I'll have gone back and done quality control on my own podcast. And I listen back through, and there's a few things that I listen for. One, I listen for my own tone. So I want to pay attention to whether my tone is in keeping with the subject matter. Is my tone in keeping with an attitude that I should have concerning the subject matter? Can I justify the tone that I'm taking, whether it's positive or negative, whether I'm joking, whether I'm super serious, whether I'm critical, whether I'm praising, whether I'm happy-go-lucky or what have you? Can I justify the tone that I'm speaking in in the episode? That's one of the things that I listen for. Another thing I listen for is just simple uh, inaccuracies, you know, like easy mistakes where I say something, it's like, oh, that's not correct. Actually, that was, that was a, a taco, as I say. You know, a typo would be if it was typed, but it, if I speak it out loud, it's a taco, T-A-L-K dash O. Uh, so I listen for tacos. Uh, I also listen for, <laughs> if I say something that, you know, man, like that's really embarrassing and that's potentially going to hurt somebody that I know, well, then I want to go back through and I want to edit that out. Or maybe I need, if I'm not going to edit it out, if it's too late to do that, damage has already been done, uh, perhaps, uh, I at least want to be able to hear that and revisit it and address it. If there was more information that I needed to add to give a balanced view, well, then I'm going to give that additional information. If I should have left some information out, though, that can be a little harder to reckon with. And also, too, I, I think here's something of an oversight that maybe uh, I realized as I listened to a lot of content from the past several weeks, uh, three weeks worth, uh, roughly, all in uh, several sittings over the course of two days, talking about such uh, with Lauren. I think that perhaps listening back through my content uh, the day that I record it, it might not be far enough removed, truth be told. It may not be the case that that content was uh, far enough removed from you know, how I'm feeling right now. 
right? So if I recorded an episode this morning in which my tone is such and such, and I am refereeing myself, but I still have the attitude, I still have the you know emotional state, I'm still worked up about it, I'm still upset about it, I'm still irritated about it, I'm still happy about it, I'm still excited about it, I'm still optimistic about it, I'm you know what have you. If I am critiquing my own work and there's not a second set of eyes, well, if I missed it the first time, who's to say I'm not going to miss it the second time also, right? And so one thing that's interesting, listening to a couple of weeks back worth of content, is that usually by a couple of weeks, you kind of sort of forgot what you said. You know, not totally. And as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember saying this. But then sometimes a couple of weeks makes a huge difference in terms of how you're feeling about the situation. You had a, a conversation with somebody or you did some more research and you you know realized that there's some additional facts that you weren't aware of on the front end or you've had a chance to develop your opinion, your perspective. And now when you go back and you listen to what you were saying and what you were thinking a few weeks ago, now it sounds not only foreign, but maybe even objectionable. And so there was some of that, I'll be honest, uh, you know, just speaking candidly, my own opinion on some of what I recorded in the past two or three weeks, I'm listening back through and I'm thinking, you know, I think that that was not helpful. I think that that was actually potentially even harmful. And so I'll read for you for starters, a passage that comes to mind with regards to clarifying and uh, perhaps focusing better what the goal of this podcast should be. And then I want to go over some specifics and also some generalities in terms of uh, honest criticism and uh, you know room for improvement, if you want to call it that, areas for improvement. And also clarifying just what is the goal of this podcast, right? What do I have in mind to accomplish? And also what might you have in mind to accomplish? What's your goal? What's your objective for listening? Or what can I do to help you to have good goals and good objectives and to be able to reach those good goals and good objectives with this podcast? So for starters, let's jump into 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 18. This is the English Standard Version. And I'll just start from the top. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am humble when face to face with you, but bold toward you when I am away. I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Look at what is before your eyes. If anyone is confident that he is Christ's, let him remind himself that just as he is Christ's, so also are we. For even if I boast a little too much of our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you, 
I will not be ashamed. I do not want to appear to be frightening you with my letters. For they say, his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech of no account. Let such a person understand that what we say by letter when absent, we do when present. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. For we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. Let the one who boasts boast in the Lord, for it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. And I quote. So here what we have in sum is Paul addressing critics who, when he's not there, basically claim that he's weak and kind of just um, making a show of it, pretending to be bigger than he actually is. His bark is bigger than his bite, if you will. So he writes these letters, and boy howdy, he just really lays it out. When he shows up, he's so meek and he's so weak, and his arguments are just not very compelling. And Man, I don't think we need to take this guy seriously. But meanwhile, the people who are criticizing Paul along these lines are very quick to promote themselves. They're very quick to puff themselves up and to boast about what it is that they have and what they are and why everyone should listen to them instead. And it's so interesting to me. I mean, this is not me boasting by trying to compare myself to Paul, but it is, I think, exemplary how he handles this. How he addresses this should teach us something not only about who God is, but also how we can honor God in the midst of such circumstances. So for one thing, he presents himself humbly. And for another thing, he kind of draws out this criticism in the first verse. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I who am humble when face to face with you, but bold toward you when I'm away. You know, he's saying essentially... Like, ah, that's the charge against me. That's the criticism of me. Like, okay, that's, that's, I, let's just say you're right. Right? <laughs> let's say you're right. It's not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. That's an important note to end this chapter on. It's God's commendation that counts in the end. But also, what else that he's, what else does he say? What what else is he uh, explaining? You know, there's the bit here in verse three. Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. And then in verse five, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. He says that we take every thought captive to obey Christ, and that 
I think, fairly well encapsulates why this podcast is about everything. I want to talk about everything because we're supposed to take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, that doesn't mean, obviously, that every thought is already captive to obey Christ. If it was, you wouldn't have to take it captive. It would already be captive. You know, he could have phrased this totally different. He could have organized the content totally different. If every thought is already captive as a default, and our job is just to keep it captive because other people are trying to captivate. No. Now, the presumption is that these thoughts have to be taken captive in an active way, and that means we need to talk about things. Or else, what else is the letter? The letter is Paul talking about everything that you find in First and Second Corinthians, for instance, for example. Now, it's interesting, too. There is reference, as my friend, esteemed uh, older friend, Dave Kanashog, has pointed out recently, there is reference to another letter that we don't have. And so then the question is, you know, when Paul says my earlier letter and we don't have it, why don't we have it? Well, the simple answer is we didn't need it. Well, and so also, you know, one of the things that comes up again and again with regards to this podcast, which is, you know, it's not outside the bounds. I don't take it, you know, as an offense or anything. But one of the things that people bring up when they are giving their opinion on this podcast is they say, well, you know, how many people want to listen to a podcast about everything? That's that's pretty broad. You, you don't get much broader than everything. Literally everything, really. But I talk about everything, and not everything is interesting to everybody. Not everything is relevant. I think that's more to the point. Not everything is relevant to everybody. So if someone is dealing with a difficult work situation, and maybe they listen to an episode in which I'm talking through work. And some would say, hey, you know, I think maybe you're oversharing. And that could be valid. That could be a valid criticism. And yet, at some level, we should talk about work, and we should have a good theology of work. Because the Bible talks about work. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable that the man of God might be complete, equipped for every good work. Work. You're not saved by work, but work will accompany faith. And a certain kind of work. What kind of work? Good work. How do we know what is good work? Well, we study God's word. We use his promises, his character, his commands to test what is good, what is his will. And what is not his will. So someone is helped by that. Someone else is not at all. They don't need it. They don't want it for whatever reason. And to that I would say maybe that's like Paul talking about a letter, an earlier letter that had been written that we don't have. It hasn't been preserved. It didn't make it into the canon. Maybe it's like that. You don't have it because you don't need it. That's a possibility. But Some things I observed as I was listening and I was trying to be more objective about my own work, I think it's important for me to reiterate what the goals of this podcast are. If I'm going to continue on podcasting, if this is a good, honorable, and God-honoring thing that I'm doing, then I need to revisit these and I need to 
clarify for my own mind and for yours what the purpose is, what the point is. So to name a few, and these are very important, and they should, they must inform the way I go about it. Not just that I talk about everything, but how I talk about everything and what I say about everything. First of all, the goal of this podcast is to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love my neighbor as I love myself. That's my chief goal. That's the chief command, and that needs to be my chief goal, and that needs to shine through in the content. If it's not, well, then we have a problem. Something's broken. And there's a couple of options. When you find that something is broken, whether it's podcasting or it's your work life or it's your home life, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your parenting, whether it's your friendships, whether it's anything whatsoever, you find that something is broken and it doesn't accord with loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, loving your neighbor as you love yourself, you could say, well, I'm just going to give up. Right? You could say, that's it. I obviously can't do this right, so I give up. It's not perfect, so I give up. I don't always get it, so I'm just not even going to try. You could do that, and yet that is not a position that I see supported in the scriptures. If it's not supportable in the scriptures with regards to my marriage or my parenting or my work or my friendships, then I would just throw in the towel and say, "Ah, well, I keep messing it up, so I give up. And I don't think also that uh, podcasting is an arena in which I should do that, speaking candidly. Another option would be to say, well... I can't get it perfect, and so I'm not even going to try, and I'm just going to keep on doing what I have been doing the same way I've been doing it forever, and don't anybody try to tell me that I should change anything. But if it's broken, and if Martin Luther is right, that the Christian life is one of continual repentance, that one also fails. That's not a biblical prescription either. If it becomes clear that it's broken, well then, I need to do something about it. I need to make sure that it does adhere to loving the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, loving my neighbor as I love myself. Now, dovetailing off of 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 18, another major goal of this podcast is to take every thought captive to obey Christ and to be intentional. That doesn't happen accidentally. To be intentional in the formation of our Christian worldview. What, pray tell, is the point of studying the scriptures if we're not going to examine our hearts and our minds and consider our speech and consider our actions for whether they are matching what God's word prescribes and says about who he is, who we are made to be, how we should relate to him and to one another, how we should live this life. That requires intentionality. And the fruit of the Spirit is, among others, self-control. What is self-control except a synonym of sorts for intentionality? For another thing, one of the goals of this podcast, which I just recently realized was a goal, I just hadn't thought of it in these terms, came to mind when our neighbors two houses down, who also are a huge blessing to our family, were watching 
our kids or we were watching our kids and their kids recently. I think it maybe was the latter. I think we were watching their kids while they went out on a date. Well, then they came back to our house to pick up their kids and we had conversation and it was really good. And one of the things that came up in conversation was how Monica, when she used to teach math, and she still tutors math, but when she used to teach and now tutors, she really emphasizes for students that you need to show your work. You need to write it out. You might be able to do it in your head most of the time, but what about when you don't? What about when you can't? What about when you forget to carry the one? What about when you forget the negative sign and that throws the whole rest of the equation way off? And so you come to the wrong answer. But now, as we're looking over your work, the teacher, the student, the tutor, the pupil, it's hard to impossible to figure out where you went wrong. That is very similar to the mindset that I have about this podcast. I want to show my work. I think it's one thing to do all the calculations, all the reading, all the study, all the meditation, and to present to you the final product, very polished, very refined, very clean. And then you're very impressed, right? That's great. You're very impressed with me. That also carries with it a hazard where you would think very highly of me and you would think, ah, this guy's got all the answers. Maybe that's not so good for you. Maybe that's not so good for me, actually. And maybe if I show my work, warts and all, maybe that provides a little bit of a check for you and for me both. Also, too, if I am wrong in my conclusion, but I showed my work, then dear friends and loved ones can come in like a math tutor. If they know that I got the wrong answer and I showed my work, maybe, just maybe, they can say, ah, you forgot the negative sign here. Everything else I think was correct, except here's what you missed. This piece of information, this important piece of information on step five. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. You're right. And really too, this is, I think, more robustly what mature Christian fellowship is about. Now, I could say something critical here about how I think all too often our Christian fellowship does not look like this. It's not this intentional. It's not this systematic. It's not this on mission. But what I will say instead is that I think that this is part of the purpose of mature Christian fellowship. I think this is part of the reason why the early church met together daily in one another's homes. I think this is also part of why we're supposed to confess to one another and bear one another's burdens, quite honestly. And if that's only true in my direction, well, then we've got a problem. And there is partiality in my judgment. And I'm being selfish. I'm not loving my neighbor as I love myself. If I say, ah, well, everybody needs to listen and pay attention to my mistakes and help me to become perfect. But... If they come to me saying, hey, I'm just really trying to understand this, and I'm trying to grapple with it, and I'm like, oh, I don't have time, I'm busy podcasting and becoming perfect myself, get out of here, go on. Well, that's bad. But if it's a two-way street, then I think this is one of the ways that I can love you well, actually, and I can love and honor my maker well, by showing my work. If it's sincere, and it's not me boasting, it's a kind of humbling of myself, 
genuinely, then I think I can serve you well by providing this example, even if it is foreign and unfamiliar. And I think also, too, I can serve you well by inviting you to do likewise. Another goal for this podcast is to talk about everything in a way that honors God, and not just to talk about everything. But you have to find a way to be succinct. I'm always trying to be succinct. Maybe sometimes I cut off more than what I should, but that's also part of why I try to go long form. My subtitle for this podcast is I want to talk about everything. This is the Garrett Ashley Mullen Show, and I want to talk about everything. But I want to talk about everything in a way that honors God and in a way that serves well my audience. That's the rest of it. It just doesn't fit. It, it doesn't fit neatly. Rather, see even there. Like I could, I could cut that out, and I could say ah, I just tripped over my words. But I think I won't. I think I'll leave it in, because I'm not perfect. Because I do trip over my words. And by God's grace, I press on. And so should you. I want to talk about everything in a way that honors God. And that doesn't mean that it's good on the first run. It's a process by God's grace, and he'll see it to completion. But I'm not going to just sit idly by or bury my talents in a field in the meantime. That would not honor God. That would represent, perhaps, a distorted view of grace that is not necessary, does not necessarily follow, and it perhaps misses out on the completion work that we're given all Scripture for. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. And someone could say, well, all this time you're spending podcasting, it's time you could be spending doing something else that would be maybe more profitable. And this is not a criticism, but a lot of people that I ask, hey, what do you think about the podcast? Respond with, oh, are you hoping to do this full-time? Yeah, I, I would like to at some point. That would be great. Oh, cool. Well, do you make any money on it right now? No. No, I don't. Because even if I don't ever, that's not the primary goal for why I'm doing it. If this is only ever a side hustle, and my day job is just a way of me maintaining independence so that I can do this as much as possible, I want this to be profitable along other lines, first and foremost. If it becomes financially lucrative and self-sustaining at a certain point, cool. If not, okay. But if God's called me to the work, that's the big question that needs to be answered first and foremost. If God has been calling me to the work and it's never going to make a cent, it did make $50 one time, that was cool, advertising. But if it never makes me any more than $50, okay. But did God call me to it? If it made a million dollars, it would still be necessary to ask the question, did God call me to this just because it's making money? So I think that cuts both ways. And I want to answer the primary question first and then let the rest be added unto me. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. That's what I hope to do here. Not that I do it perfectly, but I press on. So another thing that's a goal with this podcast is to be honest, not only to a fault, but also about faults. So that's what I'm doing right now. But that doesn't include only faults that I see in the outside world. It doesn't include just what I see when I look at politics or academia or culture or even the church. It includes faults in me. And I think thereby, too, I can be in real time, perhaps, removing planks from my own eye 
so that when I come to you and I say, hey, I see a speck in yours, there is an openness to that and there's a recognition of genuine humility. If it's false humility, run for your life. But if it's genuine humility, you might just stick around and listen, which if I have a worthwhile life-giving thing to say, I would hope you would, so I won't belabor the point. But that is, I think in a nutshell, the five points of what my goal is for this podcast. Now, some recent criticism of the podcast towards this end of continual improvement. It is experimental, yes, but I don't know any way around that, given the circumstances. So let's just face the criticism head on. Let's not shy away from it. Let's not be timid souls. Some recent, uh, I think, constructive criticism. All of it, I think, actually is constructive criticism. Not that I love it (laughs) Uh, only just because it's constructive, but I I think all the criticism here is well-meaning. I'll at least assume that it's all well-meaning. For one, someone recently said that my podcasts could perhaps do well with more outlining. So actually this episode is outlined and you can tell me on the other end of it after you've listened, whether that served you better and helped the content to be more organized and for me to stay focused, for me to not make a fool of myself with outlining. Okay, so you've heard a lot of what it sounds like when it's not outlined. Most of the time it's not outlined. I always know what I want to talk about generally going into an episode, but rarely do I actually write it all out. Maybe you would be better served if I outlined more often, more consistently, more regularly. That is one constructive criticism piece. Because, And I say constructive. It, it's a constructive criticism piece because it is not first and foremost or at the end of the day about tearing me down. It's about giving me an idea of where I could be well served and where my audience could be well served to change my approach along these lines. And by the way, too, anybody, anybody out there who hears any of these items and you think, no, I don't, I don't think that's correct. You know, please let me know that too. Because sometimes it's good to get both sides. The first one to state his case seems correct until the other comes and examines him. So if you think any of these criticisms are actually not quite correct, or there's an additional compound danger to look out for in uh, compensating let me know. That would be good. That'd be helpful. I would appreciate it. I would thank you for it. I think so far, everybody who's given me constructive feedback, I've I've thanked. I maybe argue with them. (laughs) I don't mean anything ill by that. I just, it's like, can you defend your point? And can I draw that out of you more? But, you know, the outlining piece, that might be valid. That might be correct. Maybe it needs more of that. Another recent criticism is that not everything I say in this podcast is true. Or someone said recently, I heard about it third hand, that not everything that I say in my podcast is true. Or they don't think, or they're not sure that everything I say in the podcast is true. Now, I'm not sure really what is all meant by that. And it would be weird for me to approach said person 
three steps removed. So I don't see myself doing that. If an opportunity comes up where I can ask, maybe I will, but maybe also too, I'll just ask the uh, telephone chain to work backwards. And hey, the person who told me, hey, can you ask so-and-so to ask so-and-so what maybe specifically they felt like was not true? Because uh, that would be helpful. I, you know, If I'm saying things that are not true, I want to know it. I th- I'm not trying to say untrue things, to be very, very clear. I'm trying to tell the truth and even to a fault. So if I'm saying something that's not true, it's because I didn't know that it was not true. And help me out. Help, help a brother out. Another criticism is that I am at times hypercritical. And this one I take with a little bit of a grain of salt, but it has validity. And I know that it has validity in part because I've listened back through the specific episode that was referenced by this person. And they said, you know, I feel like, I feel like you were picking apart every little word and every little phrase and every little thing. Now, I'm not going to overcompensate and give no criticism whatsoever. That would be wrong. That would be bad and unnecessary and fruitless. That would actually remove all possibility of me meaningfully engaging the content of people with whom I disagree. But what I will say is, I think in that particular episode, my tone in conjunction with how I was unpacking each of the points it was not a good combination. It was a, it was a bad combination. And I think that the hypercritical feel of it was because of the dose making the poison. Not because any one of those examples from the episode were without merit, but I think taken together, they represented excessive force, if that makes sense. So, Maybe that's something that needs to be worked on, and maybe it's a question of proportions, and not first and foremost, yes or no. It's a question of how much. Kind of like salt. You know, somebody makes you some really delicious homemade mashed potatoes, and you just dump a whole shaker full of salt on them. They are not delicious mashed potatoes anymore. You sprinkle a little bit of salt, and all of a sudden, they are even more delicious than they were. They were delicious before. They're even more delicious now with a little bit of salt. Too much salt, though, and it's inedible. So that's that one. Another criticism recently for the podcast was that I have a mocking tone at times or that I flat out mock uh, some people with whom I strongly disagree. And sometimes it's individuals, specific individuals. Sometimes it's just general categories of people. And I have recently recorded an episode in which I talk about mocking. You can go back and check that one out for general thoughts. But the thought occurs to me as I'm thinking about the specific uh, complaint, if you will, and also the pertinent episode, relevant episode, and also... As I'm thinking about the past two days of listening to a high quantity of my own content, it is not without merit that I could have the general idea down and still the execution is flawed, right? I could have the general idea and yet the execution needs work. So my position is 
I think that mockery is valid in moderation depending on the circumstances, depending on the subject of the mocking. We should not ever mock good, true, and beautiful things. We should not ever mock to destroy, but in the case where we're going to build up. The bad thing needs to be destroyed. The evil thing needs to be destroyed. The wicked thing needs to be destroyed. The foolish thing needs to be destroyed. And what is it that we find here in 2 Corinthians 10? I mean, this is not me making it up. I'm not trying to eisegete. I'm not trying to proof text. But truly, I see here him talking about destroying strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. There's a lot of war imagery here, but the point is that sometimes you tear down in order to take captive what needs to be taken captive. In our context, at a minimum, what needs to be taken captive is every thought. And sometimes every thought, or a lot of thoughts, are imprisoned or else holding out like little rebels in strongholds of the enemy, vain human philosophy. So I think that mockery and the sarcasm and derision have their place, absolutely, towards the end of destroying strongholds, destroying arguments that present themselves against God's truth that is able to save our souls. But we need to be careful that our mockery is not in itself also representing a wicked disposition and impatience and irritableness that is unhelpful, unloving, unkind, and ultimately counterproductive. Another criticism recently was unprecedented and that's my word. That's not the word that the person used, but I'm just summarizing, summarizing, summarizing rather, uh, what they said. Uh, I would say that what they mean is unprecedented, but that might be a little bit of me putting my own spin on it. Uh, essentially, what they have said is nobody else is doing that. Nobody else is talking about everything. Everybody is talking about a specific thing, and then that becomes their avenue for talking about everything. And so, okay. Well, nobody else is doing it. Maybe that means that this is harebrained, but also maybe this, maybe, maybe that means that it's just unprecedented and in the right context when it's executed well and when the audience realizes that this is a good thing and a benefit to them, uh, then we'll call it something that's good, like original. Uh, so, so that's a criticism that I'm not... I'm actually, I'm not going to lose a lot of sleep over that. It's different, right? That's another word for it. It's just different. It's different than the podcasts that are out there. So far as I know, that I know of anyway, I don't see anybody else doing podcasts like this. And so maybe that's a criticism. Maybe it's an observation. Time will tell. Another criticism of this podcast is that frequently when it's just me sharing my own thoughts, not in response to someone else, Specifically, without the focusing effect of someone else's position uh, to bounce off of, I have a tendency to wax pedantic. I have a tendency to be somewhat pretentious. 
That is to say, I have a tendency uh, to be a little bit uh, obnoxious. And that might well be. Uh, I find some, this is just honesty, this is not me trying to excuse myself or justify myself, but just honest. Uh, you know, I, I find a little bit of frustration when I think, but when I, you know, when I am speaking in specific relation to someone else's content, especially critical of their content and their position, uh, their advocacy, well then that runs the risk of the criticism that I'm being hypercritical. And so, you know, maybe what the cure is, is to address that mocking tone, to moderate that. I don't know. I think that is at least part of it. Maybe there's more to it. We'll see. Uh, another concern, and this one actually is not an external criticism. This is my own self-criticism. The next three actually are my own self-criticism. Is that I am coming across as irritable. I don't know that I'm as concerned about a mocking tone as I am concerned if I am sensing an irritableness in my response to things. If I am irritable, every little thing is irritating. And I'm excessively irritable. And I am too easily irritated. And I'm too often irritated. Well, that's not loving. Love is not irritable. Love is not rude. It's also not easily offended. And so we need to be careful to not be that way. And if I'm setting an example in some sense, I need to be careful to be not setting that example. That's just all there is to it. Plain and simple, I should not be irritable, even if at some points, in some contexts, it can be justified to be irritated. Another concern I have, my own concern, is that on some of these things, I think I'm oversharing, uh, truth be told. Now, I want to talk about everything, but what I don't want to do is I don't want to embarrass, hurt, or humiliate, or offend unnecessarily private individuals with whom I have some kind of a disagreement, for one, or conflict for another, particularly if I have not done my duty, my due diligence, according to Matthew 18, to go to them privately and talk about the thing with them. Now, on this point, my rule of thumb is if I'm talking about a positive, like I did towards the beginning of this episode, when I'm speaking well of somebody, I'll say their names. I will say who they are and how much I really appreciate them. If I'm talking about a negative situation with somebody, I really don't want to go airing dirty laundry and you know whose laundry it is. But that said, <laughs> that said, to be honest, I mean, imagine you grabbed some of my dirty laundry and you ran it up the flagpole and no, you didn't write my name on it and no, you didn't say whose it was, but just my knowing that it was my laundry, even if nobody else knew, they just knew that it was somebody's dirty laundry, that would still, that, that would still be unnecessary and less than ideal and embarrassing. And I would feel like a little bit peeved at you. And so what I want to not do is I want to not share other people's dirty laundry, even just vaguely referencing it. Because for one, at a minimum, they know that it's their dirty laundry. And I think that this podcast can be a lot stronger, can be a lot better. My relationships with people privately can be a lot better, a lot stronger if I don't do that. And so that's something that probably as much or more than anything else, uh, I need to address. 
and not just address in the podcast. I mean, that's, that's the thing about trying to be authentic and genuine is when I start noticing it in the podcast, um, it's also not just in the podcast, right? Like that's genuine. And that means for good or for ill. So if it's good that it's genuine, well, it's also bad if it's bad. If it's genuinely good, sometimes it's genuinely bad other times. And so that needs to be addressed uh, just generally speaking, broadly speaking. Now, another concern lastly, and then we'll get into uh, kind of the wrap up here. Another concern that I have is that there's a presumptuousness at some points where there's not enough of a uh, separation, if you will. And there's not enough of a explicit, hey, here's where I'm departing from what I know to be true. And here's where I'm entering into what I suspect to be true. You know, I'll make a passing reference. I'll do that. But if you're listening really fast or if you're distracted, you might miss it. And if I'm speculating, you need to know that this is speculation. This is not knowledge. You know, I think that would, I think that would address another concern, you know, listed above that was from someone else that not everything I say in my podcast is true. Uh, if not everything I say in my podcast is true, well, what else is new? I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't mean to be flippant, but like, isn't that everybody's communication? Isn't that all of our communication? I think all of us occasionally say things that are not quite strictly speaking true. And sometimes they're not strictly speaking true, the things that we say, because we just, we weren't careful right? We weren't careful in what we said. We didn't qualify it sufficiently. We exaggerated. We were hyperbolic. We overinflated or underinflated certain details due to emotion. That's another good reason why we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. For the anger of man does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. When you get emotional about things, you're more apt to exaggerate the details that support your position and affirm your emotional reaction. And you're more likely to underinflate or even neglect entirely details that undermine your position. Slow and steady wins the race. Slow it down. Take a deep breath. Not to say that there's never a time for being emotional, but as a rule, slow and steady wins the race. So in summary, areas for improvement, I think a major one I notice coming to the conclusion of 400 episodes is talking about negative situations, conversations, conflicts, etc. You know, some have said, I don't think it's so good. I don't think it's wise that you have talked about negative work situations in your past on your podcast, because for one, what if those come out? What if somebody brings them up? They say, Hey, I was listening to your podcast. You're talking about this negative work situation. Okay. Well, that's true to a point, but only to a point. I think that's not quite, I don't think that's a question of godliness or ungodliness. I think that's a strategic question, which is fairly asked. It's a fair question. And I think there is room for improvement there from previous situations. Now, one thing with that though, is when I had a very negative work situation a while back, a negative work environment, I should say, it was such a dominant uh, influence in my life 
that I really felt as though to not talk about it at all, uh, that's going to be almost fatal because I have to talk about this with somebody. Now, somebody in mind in particular, uh, somebody comes to mind particularly who approached me around those times and said, hey, if you ever want to talk, you know, just let me know. And I thought to myself, oh, you probably had a conversation with your wife and you probably said, hey, I should offer to talk with him if he wants somebody to talk with. He doesn't have to take to the podcast to talk about these things that he should probably keep private. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that was nice of you. Appreciate that. Thanks. You might not have been wrong, but I think more than none is uh, still good because these things are important. How do we develop? Here's, here's my question. How do we cultivate a good theology of conflict? Uh, or a good theology of work if we don't, in some way at least, talk about actual conflicts, relevant conflicts, personal experience with conflicts, uh, personal negative experiences with uh, work, etc., things that we're weighing and measuring and uh, debating about. I think we have to talk about those things. You know, it's funny too. You know, here's a not a me just insisting that I'm right. I'm still mulling these things over. My name is Mullet, so I have to mull it over. But, you know, we had small group last night, family small group, and I'm not going to overshare, okay? Calm down. But, you know, we had family small group, and it's us men, in my case, sitting around talking. Not that I didn't interact at all with the ladies in the small group. Had some short conversations here and there, and that was nice. But primarily, I'm hanging out with men. My wife's hanging out with the women. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm listening to the conversation, as we're drinking our coffee and our lemonade and our water and eating the hot dogs and all that, it was great. This guy's talking about Elon Musk. That guy's talking about his work situation. This guy's talking about this house that they bought that had all these issues and they had plumbing back up into the basement and then this leaked and that wasn't sealed correctly and none of the sprinklers work. And then this guy's talking about school and this guy's talking about work and that guy's talking about work. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what we could say about this? You guys are talking about everything. So you guys are talking about everything and very often too, along the way, you're not just talking about everything in a happy-go-lucky positive way. You're also very often talking about specific issues that you're trying to work through. You know, there could be some bragging. There could be some boasting. There could be some joking, jesting, trying to make people laugh. But also, very often, there's an invitation to give you some advice on the situation, to weigh in, to give someone uh, some, some input, right? My thinking is, we have to be able to talk about these things. That's not untoward, generally speaking, for us to be honest about situations that have either a negative component that we need to address or which are just difficult, especially in the context of the church. We have to be able to bear one another's burdens. How can we do that if we never talk about what the burdens are? Uh, I don't think it's possible. I just, I, I flat don't. And, and nor do I believe that we're called to that. So uh, a greater balance is needed. I think some work can be done there to improve this podcast on my part. I don't want to overcompensate. 
I don't think that's good either. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Another thing, too, another area for improvement, just generally speaking, uh, mockery. I think that me mocking more strategically and more intentionally is important. Uh, I think me being less irritable is also important. And that needs to happen not just on the podcast, but generally speaking. Uh, truthfulness, I'm going to throw this in here because if somebody out there that I know is concerned that not everything in my podcast is true, well then that tells me at a minimum, even when it is true, that I have to do my due diligence to make sure that it's clear that it's true and why, right? Show your work. If it's true, but someone doesn't feel like I showed my work, well then I have work to do in showing my work. I need to do better at that. Now they might still, I mean, it could be what I said was true and they just didn't like it. I don't know. It could be that it was a misunderstanding and what was meant was not that I'm not always telling the truth, but also maybe more to the point. They don't feel like everything I'm talking about is appropriate. Now that's a separate question, but there again, you know, we come back to the question of how do we take every thought captive unless we're intentional about it. We have to be intentional in the formation of our Christian worldview. And then lastly, uh, just general carefulness. I think that we should be very careful because life and death are in the power of the tongue. And that's true for good, which means that we need to talk about everything. But it's also true in the negative sense to where it's important how we talk about everything. So carefulness is definitely warranted. And that means what we say and what we don't say. And more to the point, how we say what we say, when we say it, to whom we say it. So lastly, just finishing off this episode, I want to get into the tagline. Let's talk more about the tagline and clarify what it does and does not mean (laughs) that I want to talk about everything. First and foremost, let's just clear this up right meow. My wanting to talk about everything does not mean that I'm an expert on everything. I am not an expert on everything. If I were presenting myself as an expert on everything, that would be extremely egotistical and arrogant. And that doesn't mean that I wouldn't do it or that I couldn't do it, but it would be wrong for me to do it. And I don't believe that that was my intention. I don't believe I have done that. And I have no intentions to start doing it. I am not an expert on everything, but what I want is to become more adept at talking about everything. It's good to have experts, but one of the big concerns that we should take away from the handling of the COVID pandemic, or whatever you want to call it, if you don't want to call it a pandemic, it was officially declared a pandemic for better or worse. So I'm just going to use that term. The COVID pandemic response did more harm than good, I would argue. The numbers bear that out. Record suicide rates, record uh, substance abuse, record domestic violence, murder rates going up astronomically high. We damaged a lot of people by listening to the so-called experts on public health policy 
and it wasn't all the experts, but all the experts who were allowed uh, to get on the air, who were interviewed by mainstream media sources, who were allowed to speak on social media, so long as they were affirming the official talking points, that trust in the so-called experts went too far and it hurt your family, it hurt my family, it's hurt a whole world's worth of families and generations to come. It's good to have experts, but we have got, we have got to be able to ask questions and think critically. And I will not pretend to be perfect at either of those things. But what I want to do is I want to be an example and I want to be the change I want to see in the world in that regard. I want to help you by example and then also by explaining these things to do that better. And if you, as a result, think critically about my podcast, well, how can I fault you for that, right? That would be silly and uh, kind of hypocritical. But I think that is to say, too, we shouldn't need experts to think meaningfully about important subjects. I don't believe that when it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, that it means it counts if you subcontract out the mind part. You know, I love the Lord with all of this guy's mind. I let him do my thinking for me. and I just don't even worry about it. No, you still have got to be engaged. You can't be passive. You can't be affording to be passive. You just, you just don't do it. Just don't do it. Yes, we have experts in many fields, but not all experts are created equal. How do you decide when different experts in a given field are saying contradictory things, making contradictory competing claims? Well, you're going to be completely stuck and paralyzed unless you have some way to engage their claims that is wise and godly. You just will. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for my family. I don't want that for your family. We need to be able to think and talk meaningfully about important subjects instead of always relying on experts for all of that. That's, that's really only a feature of the past hundred years where experts are needed for everything. Oh, you've got a parenting issue? Oh, well, you need to find an expert. You need to seek out an expert. Right? Even for a trivial uh, parenting issue. Oh, you've got an issue in your marriage? You need an expert. And sometimes we do. I mean, sometimes uh, in the case of a serious life-threatening medical emergency, I need an expert on this. I cannot figure this out for myself. But even there, I want to be engaged in who I go to, why I go to that person, why I'm going to stay clear of these people, et cetera, et cetera. However expert people are in any one subject, only God knows everything about everything or really anything for that matter. The most expert person still, if they're honest and if they're humble, will admit that they have more to learn and more to know in their field. And if they only focus on one field, well, how much do they have to learn if they're even wanting to learn, even trying to learn about so many other fields besides their one very narrow field of study? It's an important realization. We would do well. We would be well served to remember as we use experts when and where they're helpful. Now, another thing about talking about everything, we do have to focus and prioritize. We can't talk about everything in every episode. That doesn't work. And we also can't talk about everything equally as much. Everything is a broad topic. And so you have to prioritize. You have to be able to focus. 
I try to be somewhat focused, but not be so rigidly organized that we're going to keep it in the lines and we're going to limit what it is that we can learn. I want to make it meaningful that we're learning meaningful things about this topic by focusing in on it. But I also want to bring in some other additional topics to consider in juxtaposition. That's a word I really like. In juxtaposition, so we can do the compare and contrast thing. and Perhaps understand better um, one or more things that we're considering in relation to each other. Also, again, just to reiterate, emphasis through repetition, the way that we talk about everything is very important. It's not enough to just know things. We need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. We need to love our neighbors. We love ourselves. Paul writes about this in the love chapter. If we understand all mysteries, but we have not love, it's nothing. It's meaningless, worthless. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. But then I would say too, when love builds up, love should build up according to knowledge. And so it's not either or, it should be both and. The way we think and feel about everything is important. And that will come through in how we talk about everything. How we talk about it is a reflection of what's in our hearts. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, God's word says. So we know then that what comes out of our mouths is a reflection of what's in our hearts. And I think in that light, you know, what, what is owed, if I say something amiss on this podcast, what's owed is not first and foremost that I said it. What's owed first and foremost in the way of an apology is, I'm sorry I was thinking that. that I was not thinking rightly about that. You know, I don't just need to apologize that I said a thing. I need to apologize that I felt that way. You know, I shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't. I shouldn't think that way. That's not true. It's not good. I want the Lord to change my heart or change my mind so that I think and feel rightly. So then I speak rightly. So then I act rightly. The order of operations is critically important there. If you only deal with the superficial, you give prohibitions about don't touch, don't taste, don't say, but you don't address the heart issue. It's pretty worthless, actually. God still knows what's in our hearts, and we still need to address that. Now, also, too, <laughs> I place a high value on honesty, but I'm just being honest is not a good excuse for a bad attitude or a faulty opinion, faulty reasoning. I'm just being honest. Well, yeah, but you're honestly wrong. You're honestly being a jerk. You know, like that, that is sometimes the appropriate response. I'm just being honest. Well, let me be honest right back. So what I don't want to do is I don't want to say, well, it's in my heart and it's in my mind, so I might as well just say it anyways. Proverbs warns us repeatedly about the fool who just says whatever enters his mind. And yes, someone could say, hey, Garrett, that's a risk. It's a risk you run if you're speaking extemporaneously on your podcast. You risk being a fool, opening your mouth and revealing that you know nothing. Removing all doubt. Better to be thought a fool, Proverbs says, than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Even a fool when he is silent, Proverbs says in another place, is esteemed wise. <laughs> that might be me. It might be. You know, and maybe the Lord intends for me to be proof positive 
of the veracity of that proverb. I hope not. But what I also hope even more is if you hear me saying something that is not true, it's objectively not true, uh, for one, point it out to me. Do be gentle, uh, please. Because it's not easy to realize all of a sudden, hey, I said this wrong thing and all these people heard it and now they know that I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's not an easy realization, so be gentle uh, if I am in fact wrong. Uh, but if you can point that out to me, if you say, hey, you know, I think you spoke amiss here, and then you point it out, well, then all of a sudden, I, the more of that kind of feedback I get, if it's true, if it's reliable, if I really did speak amiss, the more I can be editing that out in real time. You know, not everything can be scripted. Not everything can be outlined. You run into somebody that you know at the grocery store and you're just having a brief conversation. You, you don't have a script for that. Your kid comes to you because they have a conflict with their brother or their sister. You don't have a script for that. You know, you could tell everybody, hey, you know, give me five. I need to go write a quick outline for this conversation. That would be weird. Nobody does it. Don't start, you know. So, you know, part of the goal here, honestly, is to say, hopefully not in a foolish way, in a wise way, and dare I say it, by God's grace, an exemplary way. Part of the goal here is to get better at communication comprehensively. Not to present one version of myself for a podcast and then I'm a totally different person in real life. Paul addresses that too, though. I mean, I, a little bit of pushback. I think that's part of why I like 2 Corinthians 10 is that's one of the things his critics are saying about him. Oh, Paul. Oh, we got a letter from Paul. He really talks tough in a letter, but then he shows up. and He's not so tough now, is he? You know, your medium is your message to some extent. So this podcast, you know, I have some specific people in mind, which gets me into trouble now and then, or I'm thinking about some great thing about them or some thing that kind of wrinkles me or some issue they've had with me. And then all of a sudden I am thinking about them as my intended audience to some extent, or as representative of a certain portion of my audience or on the flip side, if I don't have a specific person in mind, I'm just thinking about, is it true? Is this true to the best of my knowledge? And also, to some extent, how do I feel about that? Am I frustrated about that? You know, am I worried about that? Am I concerned about that? Am I excited about that? Regardless of who would mock it, dismiss it, push back, argue, get offended, upset, Never want to talk to me again, whatever. And so I think to some extent, Paul does that, but he's also you know, writing and speaking in a sense by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I will claim that uh, he was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This podcast is not inspired in the same way, but I have the Holy Spirit. I am in Christ. And if I am in Christ, I would hope that my speech would be seasoned by grace. And yes, I would say sometimes we have to demolish and destroy strongholds in order to take captive every thought. You know, real briefly, uh, to end on a positive note, you know, my wife and I, while we were out and about by ourselves with just one out of eight, just 12.5% of our children, 
we walked through a Boulder bookstore in Boulder, Colorado, and it's a huge bookstore and we love books. And one of the things that I laughed out loud about in the bookstore was this whole section of uh, journals. So the company that makes these journals is called the Mincing Mockingbird, but they have some very funny journals that are decorative on the front and have in gold lettering uh, these various titles for the journals. And so <laughs> some of the titles of these journals that I just, uh, I am very amused by, and I, I would not mind having one of these journals. I, I would be very curious to know what various people would pick out for me as far as a specific journal with a specific title on the front. Uh, it could be fun. It also could be fun to give some of these journals as gifts to certain people and to see what they make of the particular title for the journal that I pick out for them. But one of them, to give you an example from their website, <coughs> is passive-aggressive fan fiction. Another one is obsessive lists, which I <laughs> I love. Uh, I love that. Obsessive lists. i got to have a list for everything. I have somebody in mind. I won't say their name, but I could definitely get that one for him for uh, a Christmas gift, and he would laugh. He would similarly enjoy it. Uh, another one is uh, titled Schemes. So you could just have a journal titled Schemes. That'd be cool. Uh, the Creative Ramblings of a Restless Mind is another. Uh, nightmare Journal. Classified Information. That one's fun. Ledger of Perceived Slights. <laughs> Which is, it's just, oh, it's so funny. I, I could fill, I'll be honest, I could fill uh, that journal. Ledger of Perceived Slights, where you just keep... You know, somebody says something, or just, I'm not sure how to take that. I'm just going to write it down. Yeah, I wonder what they meant by that. You know, uh, so that's that's pretty funny. Uh, another one, Stray Thoughts. And maybe that should be the actual title for this podcast, is just Stray Thoughts. And they were left unattended, and they just kind of wandered off. Uh, another one, Mostly Just Whining. That's, that's the title for the journal mostly just whining let's be honest it, i'm calling it a journal but it's mostly just me whining about things uh lastly and i'll leave you with this one obsessive lists was pretty good but this one is titled i regret nothing yeah so so if if i uh pass away under mysterious circumstances but i have that one and you dig it up and it's, i regret nothing and it's just a catalog of what I'm not going to apologize for, uh, that could be amusing, an amusing legacy to leave. But on a serious note, I mean, I, I do regret some things and I do feel like there's room for improvement with this podcast. And, and really too, just to reiterate, if my goal is to love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, he already knows my imperfections. So what's the point of hiding them? If I'm hiding them and I'm not telling them, you know, he's not fooled. He's not deceived. He knows. Now, if I'm loving my neighbor as myself, on the other hand, the question needs to be, does my sharing these things with you help you or hinder you? Am I offending you unnecessarily? Am I tripping you up? 
you know, some of the things that we listened back through as we were talking uh, in recent weeks about potentially moving to another state, which many of you will be glad to know. I think all of you, maybe not all, but uh, many of you in this area will be glad. Uh, nothing has come of that uh, one opportunity in South Carolina. I don't think anything will. And quite frankly, I am relieved. It relieves me of the dilemma. But uh, I genuinely do feel bad. I, I feel apologetic. I think it was wrong of me um, to unsettle some of the people that we know here and to give the impression that there's a flippant, callous attitude towards going somewhere else. I, I think what I wanted to do that was the shiny object that distracted me was I wanted to get godly counsel from people I love and respect, and I shared what I did with that in view. And also, too, I, I wanted to be considerate and not surprise anybody if we do move uh, to where they're just like, wow, that just totally came out of nowhere, and we had no idea, and man, we're just so sad. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to do that to people, but I think in the process of pursuing that one objective, I didn't perceive how I might uh, potentially unsettle some people and uh, just disquiet them. And so for that, I apologize. That might be another example of just needing to not overshare, keep some things close to the chest and maintain a need-to-know basis, wait until it's more real, and then bring it up. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But if you will, you know, please extend me some grace. Uh, I should be more gracious with some people, some individuals. I probably need to be more assertive with others, uh, or at least more timely in raising concerns or bringing up concerns. I think that's what I mean. I don't mean assertive in a negative, you know, bad sense, like ominous, but probably need to be more proactive with some individuals that, quite frankly, I'm, I'm just uh, afraid to offend if I say to them what I have in mind. Um, you know, I, I want to have a good relationship with the people in my life and uh, in every sphere because... God wants me to. You know, God created us for a relationship, and the Christian's life is one of continual repentance. I am certainly no exception to that. But if I can serve you well, in some cases, by refusing to apologize for that which is good and honorable, uh, it's definitely the case that in other situations, I can serve you well by owning where there's need for improvement. You know, either A, if I'm stiff-necked about it, hard-headed, you might say, well, lost a little bit of respect for you there. And you might be right, too. Uh, for another thing, too, you might say, if you continue on admiring me, you might say, well, I'm going to follow that example. And then realize, hmm, that was bad counsel. That was a bad example. Thanks, Garrett, you jerk. Uh, so I don't want to do that to you on either front, cause you to lose respect for me or uh, potentially mislead you with a bad example. So I will just say, here is where I'm going to endeavor as I am continuing on with this podcasting thing, trying to be a good example, trying to be beneficial to you and edify you, build you up, not tear you down. Uh, there you have it. Uh, there's where we're at. So I got to leave it there. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.
You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com.